This morning, one's going to be out of the Old Testament, one in the New Testament. The first scripture is going to be out of Jeremiah chapter 3, verse 15, which says, And I will give you pastors according to mine heart, which shall feed you with knowledge and understanding. The second passage is going to be out of Hebrews chapter 13, verse 17, which says, Obey them that have the rule over you. And submit yourselves, for they watch for your souls, as they that must give an account, that they may do it with joy and not with grief, for that is unprofitable to you. The sermon this morning is going to be pretty short. I'm going to try to keep it between like maybe 10 and 15 minutes so that we can continue on with business. The title is Watchers Over Souls. I wanted to give some encouragement to you, my fellow ministers and laborers in the word this morning. It's always baffled and amazed me, even more so the more that I labor in the ministry, the more that I preach and deal with people. It amazes me that God chooses to use human means to achieve his holy and divine ends. God is more than able, as we all know, to reveal supernaturally through divine means his will to us to sanctify us without any human intervention at all but God doesn't do it that way God has chosen to use meager and weak men to bring his word to his church to place those for whom Christ died under the care of sinful men to further their sanctification and care is a very special and unique privilege for those of us that the Lord has called into the ministry. You know, as men, God has already built within us a desire to lead, to protect, to serve, to guard, and to fight. It's what is, comes natural to us as men. We were made to be warriors and providers, protectors and teachers. And as elders, God has called us to do the most highest and honorable calling of all to do this for his church. We are warriors fighting off the wolves. We are shepherds leading as an example to the flock. We are mentors and guides in the paths of righteousness, hopefully being able to say, as Paul says, follow me as I follow Christ. We are teachers in the things of God. We expound the word of God with the power of the Holy Spirit, hopefully skillfully, so that it goes forth with conviction and power. For some reason, despite these things happening by the hands of feeble and imperfect men, God uses this, this effort and ministry, as a real means of grace to the flock of God. The Westminster Larger Catechism states that the Spirit of God makes the reading but especially the preaching of the word, an effectual means of enlightening, convincing, humbling sinners, of driving them out of themselves, of drawing them unto Christ, of conforming them to his image, subduing them to his will, of strengthening them against temptations and corruptions, of building them up in grace and establishing their hearts in holiness and comfort through faith unto salvation. Indeed, God does use our meager efforts as a real means of grace in the church. In our scripture today, 
in Jeremiah, it says that God gives ministers and shepherds after his heart. Now, this passage, you know, might have been speaking of civil authorities such as David, who would later be called a man after God's own heart. But both civil and spiritual ministers of God are called to similar ends with just different jurisdictions. We are called to be ministers after God's heart, expressing to the church the heart of the Heavenly Father. As pastors, we are stewards of God's bride. God has given us that task, a duty of tremendous importance and delicate and vital in its task. The word states that we are men that must give an account as watchers over the souls of God's people. What a terrifying and honorable prospect. It's a joyful but a heavy burden, the weight of souls of those under our care. We know that we're just mere tools being used by God for the sanctification of his church, as a potter does over clay, molding us and molding his people into his image. But in a world that is filled with rebellion and temptations like we see today in the culture around us, a culture of death and decay, our duty as pastors and elders becomes all the more important to protect those under our care, to seek to inspire holiness and godliness in their lives through the admonition and careful handling of the word of God and through giving counsel. I'm sure many of you can attest that this sometimes comes with great difficulty. It's not an easy job. Scripture in Hebrews that we read says, Obey them that have rule over you, submitting yourselves, for they watch over your souls as they that must give an account, that they may do it with joy and not with grief, for that is unprofitable to you. The writer of Hebrews encouraged those in the church to submit to be obedient so that the elders over them could serve them and minister to them with joy. We know that oftentimes in the church today, this admonition in Hebrews is not taken to heart. And as the apostle states, it comes with grief when this does not happen. It becomes unprofitable. But we know that regardless of the obedience of the flock to these passages, to be obedient to the elders that rule over them. Regardless of that, our duties don't change. Our duty to love, to care, to feed and nourish, remain, regardless of what is reciprocated. Sometimes there are difficulties in our churches, impatient people wanting more growth, demands, sins that beset, conflicts without, fears within. All of these things must be carried by the session, by the pastors and the elders that God has appointed. In the midst of these difficulties, the study and the care of the word cannot be neglected, nor can it lack in depth, nor can it be handled without care. Much study and time must be put into the word. How best to preach in season and out of season. How to call and convict with careful words those under our care, so that the word of God can go forth in power and might, not handled carelessly, but with great care. And those who hear the word preached 
oftentimes see it preached with ease. And they think that not much labor goes into the, the sermons and the bringing of the word. But what is not seen is the inward struggles, the care and the prayer, the questioning that goes into each sermon, the writing, the reading, the rereading, the erasing, the writing again, the second guessing. The burden and the joy of the ministry is unlike any other task or job that is set before men. It is a great privilege and a great labor. And there are seasons of great joy, most certainly, and there are seasons of weariness and burden. But what does the Apostle Paul remind us in Galatians? He says, For he that soweth to his flesh shall reap of the flesh corruption, but he that sows to the Spirit shall of the Spirit reap life everlasting. Let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. This admonition is directed generally to the church and the labors of the Christian assembly put forward in their lives. It rings very true, more so, to the ministers of God regarding the tasks that have been put before us. Our business in the ministry is to sow unto the Spirit. God is building spiritual buildings. He is doing work in the hearts and the minds of the flock, and we have been given care over them. And the reaping that we see sometimes happens in this life, but oftentimes it happens in ways that we cannot see. We are physically laboring for a spiritual goal. This can cause fatigue, even in some cases despair, as the fruits of labor are not always apparent to us. God does not always grant the biggest congregations or the most obvious signs of profitable ministry. But as Paul tells us, we are sowing to the Spirit. And if we do not faint, we will reap. Regardless of the toils and the sorrows that come, or the joy and the repentance and the growth, in good times as well as bad, we know that it is not by our might nor by our power but by the word of God alone that his kingdom grows. We are but tools in the hands of the potter who forms us and his flock into vessels of honor and righteousness. And this comes through much difficulty and much labor. But the rewards are heavenly and our rest will be in heaven. We have been placed here and called for a season, a season of labor, And as long as the Lord gives us life and health and strength to speak and teach his word with power and might, I pray for me and for all of you that you will do it in the power of God with all of your might and not grow weary in well-doing. Don't let anything draw us away from this holy calling. Let us preach the word in fervor and power as men on a mission, as men called to the purpose of guarding and shepherding and caring for the army of the King of Kings. 1 Peter 5 reminds us that elders which are among you I exhort, who am also an elder and a witness of the sufferings of Christ and a partaker of the glory that shall be revealed, feed the flock of God which is among you, taking the oversight thereof, not by constraint, but willingly, not of filthy lucre, 
but of ready mind, neither as being lords over God's heritage, but being examples to the flock. And when the chief shepherd shall appear, you shall receive a crown of glory that fades not away. There are times of joy and peace and reaping that happens on this earth, but this is not what we fight for. This is not what we labor for. We labor for Christ's crown and his glory. And sometimes those rewards manifest in the world, but we're building a spiritual kingdom by the power of God. Our rewards are heavenly. They are eternal, and our rest is with our heavenly Father. When we have, by God's grace, finished the race and the duty that we have been given with might and power that only God can give, And we carry on that duty to the very end. What a greater testimony can one man have than to walk and minister faithfully in the word humbly in his own private corner of the kingdom of God and a local congregation, hearing, caring, uplifting, counseling, praying, preaching, teaching, and admonishing. As ministers of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, we ask For nothing better in this life. We are carrying on those old paths. We are carrying forward that banner that faithful men in the ministry have passed on to us. We have a great duty before God to carry it as long as God gives us strength. My prayer for all of you and for myself is that God gives us the guidance and the power to do this sacred duty of ours faithfully, without shame, without failure without doubt, without despair, with great joy and love and boldness as men on a mission guarding over the souls of the flock of God. Let's uh, close in prayer. Father, I ask a blessing over the men here today that you would give them a peace that surpasses all understanding, that you would renew their energies and strength, that they would go forth from this meeting today, encouraged, sanctified more, Lord, that you would cause us to be bold and mighty witnesses of your word, that you would give us great discernment as we seek to care and to feed for those that we minister to weekly. Father, I pray for your mercy over your church, that you would grow it, that your kingdom would come, that your will would be done on earth as it is in heaven. Father, we thank you for your mercies over us, and I ask a blessing over all those here today. In the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, I pray these things. Amen.